movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco. And third year too. Proudly brought to you by GWW Radio. Welcome to Scene and Nerd. Uh, this is a very uh, special episode doing uh, we're doing today. Um, I'm your host, Pacey Pete. Um, alongside me today is a very good friend of the podcast, someone who we haven't had on in a while, and I'm so happy to get her on this one because when I when I thought of doing this particular podcast, uh, I thought of her immediately. So please welcome back, Miss Lauren Galloway. How you doing, Lauren? Hi, Pete. I'm good. How's it going? Oh, it's good. It's good. Um, you know, this podcast today is going to be all about the Fuller House series on Netflix, and I was really, really excited when I first uh, heard about this show, and and just the fact that we were going to get it again. And you know, I, I'm sure you like me, Lauren. You watched the series when it was on, and it was a lot of fun. It was you know so much cheesiness to it, but so much heart to it. The characters were, you know, I think they even mentioned. Or, you know, no, I take that back. Bob Saget was on uh, Stephen Colbert and said that these characters are very pop culture iconic, and, and they really are. I mean, it's hard to not think of John of see John Samuels and not think of Uncle Jesse, and and the same goes for everyone everyone else. You just you see them and you think of those characters back in on on Full House. What what was your uh, what did you think when you first heard that? You know, it wasn't a hoax. This wasn't an April Fool's joke. We were gonna get these characters, and not just in a reboot, but almost like almost like a sequel, a continuation of what we saw back in the 90s. I was really excited. I mean, I was born in 1985. I grew up with Family Matters and Full House and Boy Meets World and TGI Friday yeah. and mm-hmm. Say by the Bell and all those really classic shows. And I know that some people, you know, they kind of roll their eyes every time we get news that a network is rebooting or reviving a series because, <laughs> let's be honest, I think there's like 40 revivals in the works right now yeah. if you look all across movies <clears throat> and television. But I think if it's done well, it's a really good thing. And I think there's something to say about this. We're in a really strong season of nostalgia. And Fox brought back the X-Files for six episodes mm-hmm. and they're going to bring back Prison Break and they're doing a Lethal Weapon reboot and then CBS has a Training Day reboot and a Rush Hour reboot. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's just there's hype for nostalgia and I think if it's done right, it's totally okay. And I think, you know, Jimmy Fallon, he did a Full House reunion on his show that everybody loved. And then he did a Stay by the Bell reunion on his show that was, I think at the time, was the most mm-hmm. watched like clip on YouTube for Jimmy Fallon up to that point. And I think that really spoke to the creators of the show that there are people who still love these characters and they're all still alive and they're all still with us and they're all still acting. So why not do a limited series? And the great thing about a limited series is that if it doesn't work then you can just chalk it up to, well, we tried that and it didn't really work. But if it does, which I think Fuller House really did, then you can fully revive the series and give it two or three or four or five seasons. You know, and ultimately, if the original cast is on board to do it, then there isn't really any way that you can go wrong in that way especially if you don't have to recast anybody and you know they were able to get everybody except the Olsen twins and even though the Olsen twins weren't on the show I felt like it did work without them and they did have some really kind of funny like comments to make about the Olsens but I was really excited when I heard that they were going to do it and you don't realize how much you miss something until you watch it again. And when I watched that first episode, I cried at least three times (laughs) because, you know, like Danny Tanner has a line in the series about the couch, like the blue Mm -hmm. and white plaid couch and how like so many great things that happened on that couch. And I like, I start, I started to think about my childhood Mm -hmm. in that, like I grew up on that couch essentially (laughs) with Stephanie and DJ and all these characters. So I was really excited to hear that it came back, and I was really pleased with how they handled it. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I mean, just it just brings back the whole nostalgia factor, especially with full with Full House. You know, um, you know, you can go watch it on Nick at Night. Like I do that a lot actually, because it's on syndication, and so it's always there. And 
you know, when I heard about it, it was, it was just an amazing thing. But, but yeah, I mean, talking about that pilot, it was just very well done. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It definitely had me, you know, had the tears welling up because you just look at the cast and, and, and it's like you said, Lauren, you, you grew up, whether it was the couch or anything else, you, you grew up with this, with the show and, you know, you, I don't know about you, but I always tried to look at the cat, like, it, like look at the, the girls and the friends they made. You're kind of like, that's how I, that, that would be cool to have those kind of friends or, you know, have a Kimmy Gibbler as your friend or, you know, just, just have like an Uncle Jess. I mean, just, you're kind of like, oh, you, you kind of live vicariously uh, through them. But I thought the pilot was really handled well. I mean, you know, they had some really funny lines in there, you know, Uncle Jess saying, you know, damn, we all look, still look good and um you know the the little knocks on the Olsen twins which i thought i didn't think were too bad i think i thought it was really funny they acknowledged them I, I'm, I'm certainly i'm sure they didn't just make them and and you know the Olsen twins had no idea i'm sure there was you know john stamos is it's a, he's he's almost the i feel like the ambassador of the full house franchise so i'm sure he was like telling him so this is what we're going to do even though as you guys uh you guys couldn't be on the show but i also felt that in the pilot uh there was almost like some closure to what we saw in the 90s because um if you remember back when the show got canceled unfortunately it just got canceled just point blank there was no farewell uh in a lot of shows um even back then i think cheers seinfeld and friends are the most notable ones uh there was like a, a like a goodbye a farewell like there was a huge like one hour preview and then they had the series finale um and and full house never got that it was just done i'll never forget um, the show ended and the only thing they did was they just showed the cast come out waving to the crowd, the audience. So, so I always felt like there was never any really real closure because even though like, you know, they had the build up at the end of the final episode of Full House, um, you know, and, and you knew that was the end. I still didn't feel like for me, I was, it was done. Um, what did you think of, of them kind of touching back to like for example the end of the episode where they're singing to uh dj son tommy and then they have the parallel of of them all younger singing to michelle what did you think of of that scene in particular i thought that was wonderful and that's one of the scenes that made me cry and i hadn't watched the series in such a long time that i forgot about moments like that where danny and joey and jesse all sang together and you know it was a delightfully kind of cheesy moment that you don't really get to see on television anymore and i think that's part of the appeal is that it's so family friendly and it's so oriented towards a g or pg rating which is so refreshing especially considering the television landscape of today I mean it's hard to watch any network comedy and not have like a moment of like being grossed out or like wincing at a joke that didn't land quite right and here's Full House you have grown men singing over a child's crib and I just felt like yes like this is what family television is supposed to be about it's a little cheesy it's a little sweet you know but that's I think that's what everybody loved about the series and I don't remember how the show ended but it was really nice to have everybody back in the pilot and to very quickly establish the fact that everyone's moving to LA and that Jesse or yeah Jesse and Becky are moving to LA because Jesse has a music career and Joey has this like a stand-up career I think in Vegas mm -hmm. and that Becky and Danny are still doing their morning talk show together but it's been picked up to LA like syndication I thought that was a really nice bridge for how to bring us into a show that really wasn't going to be about those characters. It was going to be more about DJ and Kimmy and Stephanie. And when the second episode started, my first thought was like, Oh, can these girls carry this show? Mm -hmm. And within a few minutes, obviously we found out that they could. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they really did. And I, and I thought it was very much a passing of the torch from the first episode to the second episode, watching them take over. Um, because I, I definitely agree, like you said, like in the, today's landscape of television, you don't have the kind of, I guess, TV show you have with Fuller House even, uh, uh, you know, on, on any kind of net, uh, uh, you know, whether it's streaming or network television, you don't have that. Um, but I, I did want to say that I, watching just the three of them together, uh, Bob Saget, uh, uh, John Stamos and Dave Couillet, uh, you know, reprising the roles in the very beginning i was like you know you know what if they had just done this again i think it probably still could have worked just i thought it would have been funny but i thought i thought it was so good though that that 
the girls now are taking charge and you know it was really it was really cute i guess to say how you know they're all sitting down and because they could hear dj they could hear on the monitor the baby monitor you know dj struggling and she's talking to the little boy tommy like oh this is what's happening and i got to figure out how to do this and single mom in san francisco how do i do it and i thought it was cute how stephanie sat everyone down and was like look you know you had your time thank you but go on with your lives we can handle it from here um what did you think did you did you find the same dynamic that you did with dj kimmy and steph like all the same um that from the old show to to the new the new series I wouldn't necessarily I found it the same and I don't think I was trying to find it the same like I don't think I was trying to say oh DJ just had a Danny Tanner moment or Stephanie just had an Uncle Jesse moment because she's a musician <clears throat> or that Kimmy had a Joey moment but I think I think they did kind of fill those characters shoes in their own way. And I'm a big fan of all three of those actresses. Like I love Candace Cameron Bure. I loved seeing her on dancing with the stars a few seasons ago. I feel like when she was on dancing with the stars, I really got to know her as a person, as a mom, as a wife, as a, as an actress, like she was really transparent in a lot of her interviews on that show. And so to see her on full house, fuller house, I thought was really cool. And then Jodie Sweetin, she was always my favorite character on Full House. Mm -hmm. She was roughly my age when I was watching that show. And, you know, I don't think she could ever replace John Stamos in that way. But mm -hmm. I feel like as the carefree musician like Jesse was, I think that fit. And then Kimmy, she was a lot, she's a lot like Joey and kind of being goofy and silly and a little bit inappropriate. And I think that worked really well for her. You know, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, there's uh, there's been some people that haven't been uh, said things and, and about the comedy tone of the of the show. Uh, and obviously with the reboot or, or something that's updated, uh, especially now, um, sometimes you have to update the comedy uh, along with the time to go along with the time. Did you feel like it was maybe some of the jokes that were very adultish maybe were a little too much? Um, I didn't feel that way. But what, what did you what do you think? I didn't feel that way. I didn't, I mean, yeah, I thought that it was fine that they spent one of the episodes clubbing and dancing and trying to pick up on guys. And it did never get, it did never get like creepy, like too inappropriate mm -hmm. because two of the guys are from Dancing with the Stars. They were the <laughs> Schmirkowski brothers. So, you know, and they were kind of being like the Night at the Roxbury guys. They were <laughs> like, I didn't feel like, Ooh, that was too adult. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like that. And you know, there was a couple scenes where some of the characters were drinking, but I think that's pretty normal. I mean, people have a glass of wine when they get home from work. It didn't feel too adult mm -hmm. to me. I mean, there may, I, yeah, I can't put my finger on anything that I felt was too... Like offensive, right? Yeah, and like, it could have been, because a lot of comedies now can be, mm -hmm. but I think they kept it pretty, pretty PG. Yeah, it, 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 to me... The overall show for me, it felt like it was just they took everything that worked in the 90s and just updated it and then just reversed all the roles. Um, and I think it just worked really, really well. Um, now, we talked a little bit about, ago about the Olsen twins and how, you know, they weren't on this uh, this first season. Um, did you find the jokes to be uh, very lighthearted or do you think it was like, uh, like, oh, it was like maybe this is kind of like we – tease you enough maybe we'll get you back to come to season two i thought it was hilarious i think the moment in the pilot when they all said something and then they all looked at the camera yeah. and broke the fourth wall like they didn't take themselves too seriously because we as the audience we know that these are actors who mm -hmm. have all come back to do this show like there's no kidding anybody. There's no like there's no need to keep the fourth wall totally intact and i think they kimmy and and Stephanie and DJ, I think they're like tipsy when they get home from the bar yeah, or the club yeah. and they call her and they say that you got it, dude. <laughs> I think that was really cute. And I actually hope that the Olsen twins, you know, one night on Netflix are scrolling through and just say, Hey, let's watch an mm -hmm. episode of Fuller House. And they are reminded of all those good memories. And I hope they come back for season two. Yeah. There was actually talk of even the, the younger sister. Um, I'm blanking out her name, Scarlet Witch. Elizabeth. Yes, thank you. Um, there was even like 
I don't know if it was jokingly talking, but I think John Stamos had mentioned, oh, we we did try to reach out to her as well, but she's obviously really busy. Um, but yeah, that would be really cool to see if, if I mean, just for one or two episodes or something, if we could get just the, just to see like the whole cast together like that, I think would be would be really awesome. But I did think that even that that pilot episode where uh, they're asking where they are and, and Danny says, oh, they're they're Michelle's uh, busy building her fashion fashion empire in New York. And they like you said, they broke the fourth wall. They all look at the camera. It's oh, so my God. Perfect. Such a good moment. It was just really, really funny. Um, now. About the whole the show as a whole, what did you think about it? Um, because I I didn't know I didn't realize till I got to the end like it was only thirteen episodes. I finished. I was like, oh wow, it's done already. Um, what did you think of the uh, season as a whole? And do you think that they could even expand the episodes, or do you think it's it's good as thirteen? I think it would have been great to see it as a full 20, 20 episodes, 24 episodes. I think it would have been fun to see it on an actual network and to get to spend every single week with these characters, similar to Last Man Standing or Blackish or mm-hmm. Fresh Off the Boat or The Goldbergs. I know those are all. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, I know those are all ABC comedies, but I like ABC comedies. I think it would have been fun to see it as a like a like a real show not a binge show because the thing about binging is that you can get through mm-hmm. 13 23 minute episodes really fast <laughs> and all of a sudden you're out of episodes to watch and i contemplated pacing my viewing <laughs> like i think they came out thursday night and i watched like mm-hmm. half of it on friday and i like watched a few more episodes on saturday and i was like laying in bed thinking do I really want to end my like fuller house experience right now? Or do I want to wait? And of course I didn't wait. So I think it worked as 13, but I would have loved it to be longer, especially because the episodes are so short. It's Mm -hmm. not like 13 episodes of daredevil, which are like Mm -hmm. an hour long. It's still sitcom length. So I think they could have done more. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I remember. I think I was. I, w- I was up actually. I I didn't even think about it, but I remembered that Netflix releases their their stuff always at midnight, the day it's supposed to come out. And I contemplated. I was like, you know what? I'm. I was laying in bed and I just like I couldn't sleep. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch at least one episode. And yeah, and I was like you. I was trying not to watch it all in one sitting, you know. And then my and my wife's a big fan of Full House too, so she was watching it with me. And then I was like, I was scrolling through and I was like, I realized, oh my God, there's only 13 episodes. So I was like, uh, maybe we should like slow down on this because uh, we're going to be done with it. And it's, you know, it's just, it's not like we can just wait till, like you said, you can't wait week to week for the next episode. It's all there. That's the problem with binging something like this show is you're going to finish it so quickly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I love the whole, I, I, I love the whole season as a whole. Um, I do agree that I think they could have gone 20 episodes or so, um, but it's, it certainly would have been a lot better to see, at least for me, I, well, it sounds like for you too, uh, stretched out a little bit more. And I hope that they consider that for season two, because I think there's enough, uh, there's enough demand for it. There's enough people who want to see more of, of the girls raising the kids in, in the same type of environment. Um, now, you know, with bringing in all these, uh, new characters we have a lot or these old characters we have a lot of new characters um and and you know learning about uh dj's new love life uh and and uh stephanie's friends that she parties with and and kimmy's uh funny and estranged husband who i thought was really 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 funny perfect perfect for andrea barber's kimmy um did you have a particular favorite uh new character that that was uh on the show do you even have to ask <laughs> the uh, middle the middle child what oh, was his name um i had it right in front of me and I, was it max max, max. yes he, he completely <laughs> stole the show for me because i feel like there hasn't been a really adorable kid like that on tv in a while mm-hmm. like i like all the kids on all the comedies like i love the kids on blackish i mean he actually he, he comes pretty close to the middle child on the fresh off the boat but like there's something about his showmanship Mm-hmm. and like his dimples and the way that he would like deliver lines yeah. that it felt like he was something from like 
like uh, Leave It to Beaver or like he just had this really classic sense of of acting. Like he reminded me a lot of the Hey Mom, I'm on TV, the Mikey character mm, from yes. Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Like so sure of himself. Like he knows he's adorable. He knows like all cameras are on him at that moment. And he completely stole the show for me. Do you have a favorite moment of Max's character of uh, the character of Max? I I feel like like his strongest episodes were the first two or three. I feel like the lines that they gave him were really sweet. I felt like as he progressed throughout the season, he kind of got a little bratty. Like he was kind of lying and like trying to like weasel his way into things. But I felt like his first few episodes, he had a really pure heart and he was like really sweet and really innocent. Um, I don't know if I necessarily have a good a good moment of his. I was just just so impressed with actually i would probably have to say any of his moments with danny tanner when he wants to clean something (laughs) that's right oh you can definitely tell that's a a grandchild of danny tanner for sure um you know i i thought he was really funny as well uh you know he you could tell they're trying to give him you know with with stephanie when she was growing up it was you know how rude and they definitely kept that in the show but um with him he 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 introduced us all to holy chalupas um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you think of that? Did you like that new catchphrase that they're introducing it with him as the middle child? Yeah, I thought Holy Chalupas was great. Yeah, I feel like he got a lot of really memorable quotes and memorable lines. And it's fun that the new series gets their own quotes because a whole new generation they might not know cut it out or how rude mm-hmm. or have mercy, but they will know holy chalupas <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm not gonna lie i was I, I was a little disappointed we didn't get a oh my lanta until like the second or third episode i was like come on dj let's 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 get everyone's catchphrases in here but uh but yeah i think holy holy chalupa will definitely uh be a nice introduction to a lot of the new generation watching the show uh, i actually enjoyed one of the episodes with max where he um i can't remember specifically but he has his older brother, um, Jackson, and Kimmy's daughter. Like, he, like they need money or something. And he parades around like he's like the king and he's ordering them to do things. And I just thought, I just thought that was really funny. Like, you know, like, because like you said, like, he delivered lines really well. I thought his comedic timing was really well done. And I thought that was a really good, um, to me, that was a really funny moment for him when, when he was almost in charge uh, of the uh well not in charge but you know trying to take control when he knows he's like a little kid and he has to kind of uh show where he he stands um on their on their uh playground um my favorite character actually uh was Kim, kimmy's uh husband or ex-husband however you want to put it um i thought he was hilarious um his name's uh juan pablo de pace i think that's how how you say his name uh, but it, but her uh, his name is Fernando on the show, and to me he was just so funny. Um, I thought he was a great match for, uh, like I said earlier, uh, Andrea Barber's Kimmy Gibbler. Um, I thought they went together really well um, because when you think about her, Kimmy in the old show, she was always just DJ's friend. Um, you never really saw her like they never gave her any kind of arc where she was like in a relationship and she was dealing with all that. You know, now she's an adult, she has a, she's, she has a child, and, and, you know, she's in kind of this, uh, you know, odd situation in her marriage, and I thought the guy who played, who, who played the husband was just really funny. Um, I, I've known him from, uh, he was in the last couple seasons of Dallas, and he was, his character was very different, uh, more menacing, more of a villain, so I thought it was kind of cool to see um, him, like, have, show he had range. Because if if uh, if you ever go back and see just a couple episodes with him in it of Dallas, um, he's very different. And I, I and I really like when you can see an actor who has a lot of range. They can do comedy. They can do drama. Um, but I thought he was really funny, um, especially like in the scene where uh, they have where they all go to the club and they're all dancing. Just moments like that. I just thought to me he stole a lot of those scenes every time he was in it. And I thought what was good about his character was. He wasn't in it all the time, and I thought he was in it just the right the right amount of time. Um, uh, that's you know, going forward, who knows if they're going to include him a little bit more? But I I really enjoyed his character. I mean, I was always laughing when he was on screen. Um, so you know, we only had thirteen episodes, but did you have a particular favorite one? 
That's a good question. Um, I think the pilot, and actually before I answer that, I had no idea that Fernando was played by Juan Pablo de Pace. Yeah. Because <laughs> he played Jesus in AD The Bible Continues, which was this really cool take on, like, most Bible stories are, like, what happens, like, leading up to the cross. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mark Burnett and Roma Downey, they produced The Voice and Shark Tank and a couple other things. They did, like, what happens after the cross, and they did this whole mini series about the disciples and he played jesus but i did not recognize him at <laughs> all as fernando he's the range lord it's wow the range. <laughs> he has a lot of range yeah he was so funny and so effervescent and he reminded me so much of rojolio de la vega from jane the virgin i don't know if you ever watched jane the virgin i haven't I haven't yet okay <laughs> if you get a chance you have to oh my god jane the virgin is such a such such a good show but one of the the characters on the show he's a telenovela star you know and he's like in his 40s but he's always in his makeup chair and he's always tweeting and uh like he's kind of a ridiculous character, but you love him anyway. I think Fernando is a lot like that. Um, in terms of favorite episode, I loved the pilot because everybody was in it. <laughs> I loved, I mean, the episode five was really emotional because that's, you know, when we find out and I'll, I'll keep it spoiler free, but like some really sad news about Stephanie and like all of a sudden you're watching this comedy and you get pulled into this really emotional moment and I thought I feel like there's some really deep emotional moments too and DJ was talking about when her husband died and mm-hmm. how she's learning how to live without him he was a firefighter like there's a lot of emotional depth in this show despite it being kind of a funny plucky comedy um favorite episode yeah the pilot for sure <laughs> yeah it's the the pilot is probably is probably my favorite as well um you know, it, it, you're right. There's the show did show a lot of emotional depth, and I and I think that really speaks back to what they used to do on the '90s show. Is you know you had your nice uh, comedic balance, but then uh, when it came down to uh, you know the lesson they had to learn for the show, or you know Danny talking to the girls about something they might have done wrong that they need to fix, you know, in the future. You know, they, they handled it very nicely. It all balanced out very well. And I thought they did, they did the exact same thing uh, in Fuller House. And, and it was nice to see that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, the pilot episode for me was probably my favorite. Um, just go, just with all the callbacks to uh, what they used to do in the old shows, um, it, was, it was obviously, it was, it was, you know, it's obviously a reunion show, but that first episode really was a reunion. Uh, I mean, you even had Steve. Uh, you know, DJ's old boyfriend come back. Um, oh, yeah, and so that's, that's a, another thing I wanted to ask you about. What did you think of um, how at the end it did get a little funny with uh, they had the whole bachelor kind of uh, thing, bachelorette thing kind of going for DJ when she's trying to decide uh, between, between uh, ah, try, she's trying to decide between Steve and Matt. Uh, what did you think of, of how that all worked and how the outcome, uh, of the outcome eventually uh, happened? I thought that was really fun. And you know what's great is that Fuller House ran a poll on Netflix, on Twitter. Um, are you Team Steve or are you Team – what was his name? Uh, Matt. Matt. Are you Team Steve or are you Team Matt? And I voted for Steve because mm-hmm. I really like Steve. I thought Matt was great too. Uh-huh. But the poll – was literally neck and neck, like 49, 51%. Really? After like thousands and thousands of people voted. And to me, that means they did a really good job of rekindling the fire with Steve in a way that felt organic, but also bringing in this new love interest. And so for them to do a whole bachelorette reenactment, (laughs) I thought was really clever because, you know, if... Like, I think people would do that nowadays. Like, if I was dating and I had to choose between two guys, my friends would probably make those kind of jokes, too. Like, oh, who are you going to give the rose to? So I think it was very natural that, like, DJ and Kimmy would try to reenact that because it is such a popular show. I thought it was fun. I thought it was really sweet. I feel like that that was a very natural, like, process for DJ to go through. Because there will always be those former loves in your life that you'll always kind of wonder what would have happened if I had chosen him or her 
back in the day. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you always have like the fresh new love interest or new relationship that kind of presents itself. And there really is no wrong or right answer. And I think DJ made a really good choice at the end. And the whole Bachelorette Rose thing, I think, was just a really a fun way to frame kind of the modern sense of like picking who you're going to date. Yeah. You know that it, it really was. And I completely agree with you. Everything you just said. Um, now sticking with like these mo these type of moments that, that happen in the show, did you have any like particular favorite moments in the, in the episode or any of the episodes that stuck out to you or, um, or even like, you know, a few of them. I really liked when Stephanie was DJing at Coachella and she <laughs> let Max play his trombone over the amplifier. Uh -huh. Like that would never happen in real life, but like to see it played out, I think was really cute and really sweet because and like I like Stephanie, I think had so many good moments because she did want to just run around and be free and get into trouble and travel around the world. And yet, in that moment, her family was what was more important to her. And I think that really speaks volumes because it's so easy to choose fame and success, but like fame and success can't love you and can't be there for you, but your family can. And I thought that was just a really powerful, powerful arc for Stephanie. And then, uh, you know, I liked when certain characters would come back, certain revival characters would come back to the episodes. Like there was, I mean, I think my favorite part was probably what happens with the plaid couch <laughs> and that they made him a jacket <laughs> out of the material. <laughs> you know, and like any other dad would probably think this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to wear it. But Danny Tanner puts it on and pets it and pulls the coins out of the pockets and just, you know, like, like he let, like he absorbs the magic of the plaid. And I just thought that was so sweet. I, I loved that. Oh yeah. That was, that was a good moment too, because you know, when they, they talk, you know, we were talking earlier about the couch and, and it's almost like we've lived through that couch and, and now, you know, they had the whole accident and then Stephanie is able to, you know, fix the situation by turning the couch or the, you know, the uh, part of the couch into a, a jacket for him. And that was a really nice moment. Um, I really thought it was funny. I, so I don't watch Dancing with the Stars, but I so, but I guess, you know, those, like you said earlier, those guys are from Dancing with the Stars. And then we know Candace Cameron Bray was in Dancing with the Stars as well. So I thought, I thought the whole scene with them like dancing and, and the guys acting like real cheese goofballs. I thought it was hilarious. Um, and I thought they did a really, a really good job. Like just kind of, I, it was just, it just, that whole scene made me laugh because I thought I, it just wasn't something I was expecting. Um, you know, I'd seen clips of the girls, you know, being out and going to clubs. And I, I remember one scene in particular when DJ, you know, the, or the, the server comes up to uh, the girls and she's like, oh, do you have reservations? And DJ says, yeah, I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should go home and stay with my kids or stay out or something like that. And I thought <laughs> it was a really funny moment. You know, it was just like things like that were really good. Uh, it was uh, so I really enjoyed that scene. Um, you know, there was a scene where uh, they go to a wrestling match and I had no idea DJ Tanner moonlighted as a lucha libre because uh, she was uh, doing some pretty awesome wrestling moves for someone that I had no idea uh, could do that. But she did that pretty well. I thought it was really really funny. Um, I really enjoyed the scenes with uh, Jesse and Becky coming back. I thought that was really nice. Um, and I thought it was really funny when uh, – oh, I'm forgetting the uh, older uh, – Jackson. He tries to leave and he jumps in Uncle Jesse's car. And, and Uncle Jesse's playing, uh, I think, Elvis the whole time. And, and he's getting mad telling him to turn it off. And just moments like that I thought were, were really, really funny. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, we got like quite a few cameos There were, uh, you know, Macy Gray was in it. Do, what do you think of the cameos that were in there? Because, you know, there were quite a few cameos back in the nineties, you know, they had like, uh, Scott Baio was, was a cameo back in the nineties. He played one of uncle Jesse's, uh, old, like high school friends, you know, uh, Candace Cameron's older brother, Kirk Cameron was in an episode that played like a cousin. What did you think of the cameos and, and would you like to see more? I did. I really liked the cameos. I was surprised to see uh, Macy Gray. I thought that was really fun. 
I was doubly surprised to see the Schmerkowski brothers from Dancing with the Stars because I love those guys. And I feel like, you know, you don't ever get to see them outside the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And so for them to take on, like, characters, I thought was really fun. Um, I love the, the whole luchador fight match. I thought that was so, like, ridiculous and over the top. <laughs> but, like, it worked. Like, mm-hmm. in some way, it really worked. <laughs> and then were there any other... Um, cameos well there was uh, a baseball player for the Giants Hunter Pence um, oh, who played yeah, Stephanie's yeah, yeah. boyfriend which I didn't I didn't even know about this it was funny so I'm not a Giants fan but my wife is so when they kept talking about Stephanie's boyfriend and how he's a Giants player I didn't even know that was like I, I didn't even know if that was like attached or if it was going to be one of those things where it was like an off screen boyfriend I didn't realize he was actually going to make a cameo in it um, and so I thought that was really cool that they connected the city more just because, um, if you watch a lot of the episodes back in the nineties, they didn't like Danny would cover like warrior games or he'd wear like Niner or giant stuff, but they never really were at the stadium or, um, you know, never really connected with like the, the athletes or anything. There was no cameos. So I thought that was really cool that, that Hunter Pence came on the show uh, and played not just himself, but he played Stephanie's boyfriend. And I thought it was just as funny that people were blaming his cold streak on Stephanie uh, because that's a very real thing in sports now where they, if a, if a player's not doing well, they blame the girlfriend, obviously, because it's her fault. Um, but I thought that was really funny how they did that. And then, so I'm mad at myself too, Lauren, because way, I think it was last year, they had a full house day. At, at the Giants uh, stadium, like during oh the season. Oh my gosh. And I heard about it, but I was like, I think, I don't know if I was busy or what, but I was like, oh, that's cool. It's probably just one of those things where they're going to give people bobbleheads or it's just going to be like themed that way. I did not know they were actually going to shoot an episode of Fuller House at the game. I'm so mad at myself. I was like a <laughs> half hour from the stadium. I so would have been there because it seems that they got the crowd into it. Everyone was like having a good time. And I thought that was really cool. Like I said, I think I thought it was awesome that they connected more with uh, with the city element because, like I said, there wasn't much of that in the '90s, and I really liked that they did that uh, for um, for this season. I, and, and moving forward, I, it seems like they might even do more. <clears throat> um, but uh, moving on, the, you know, there's uh, looking forward. We have season two that just got announced. I think it was last week. Um, you know, what do you think of that? And, and you know, I, th- I know we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, uh, having more episodes and, and uh, you know, stretching it further. What would you like to see them do uh, for a season two? I mean, do you do you have expectations or do you think if they just kind of stick with the formula or work it with now and just keep doing the same thing with season two, are you happy with just that? Yeah, I think the formula works. I think that you know, Kimmy being an entrepreneur works really well. I think that Stephanie being her partner is a really good change. And especially the fact that Kimmy is an event planner and Stephanie is a DJ that like that fits really well together that they could book gigs and they can like, I, I love the Bollywood dance yeah. number. Mm-hmm. That was such a surprise. Um, I feel like that occupation could really kind of like switch up different venues because they could do different types of theme parties which would kind of make the like each of the episodes have like a different flair to it and then i love the fact that dj is a veterinarian i think there's lots of different places that she be like she could be called away to like the birth of a a new calf or a new horse or Mm -hmm. or some emergency down at um like the the aquarium or something like that i don't know um And then, yeah, I think the formula works well. I think there's a lot more room to grow with both of the kids, with Jackson and with Max, because we got a little bit of Jackson's school and a little bit of him liking, um, what was the daughter's name? Kimmy's daughter's name? Um, I have it right here. Ramona. Ramona, that's right. Like there was a little bit of like flirting between Ramona's friend and Jackson, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot more we could see with his school dynamics and his friends. And then you know the baby is gonna be a whole year older, I think, when the series picks up. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think they would recast him no. just to keep him a baby. I think that he'll grow up a lot like Michelle. You know, and then for DJ to kind of be bouncing back and forth between dates with Steve or dates with. Matt, I, I think the formula really works. And I think there's room to bring any of the legacy characters back. Like if Becky comes back 
for an episode, they could do a whole thing with Becky or if Joey comes back for an episode. I mean, that's kind of the, it's kind of the joy of like single camera comedy is that mm-hmm. like the sky is the limit on where you can take your characters and the topics that you can have them discuss. I mean, they could do a whole like immigration discussion mm-hmm. because of like Kimmy's husband and her daughter. Mm-hmm. They could do a whole like first generation experience because Ramona speaks both Spanish and English. I mean, I think there's a lot of places that they could go with it. And, you know, and I, I agree with you. I like that we actually got to see more of San Francisco mm-hmm. this time around. Cause they like her vet clinic is in Chinatown and they went to the game. So I think there's a lot they could do with it. And I think it's so early on that I don't think anyone will be tired of that formula for hopefully for a good couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, you, you saw the response, you know, whether it was on Facebook, Twitter or any other social media outlet, people are really uh, enjoying what they're seeing from Fuller House uh, and how well it's worked. Now, I, I did want to talk to you about this real quick uh, because I feel like we're on the same page about Fuller House. I think we both love it, um, you know, everything about that's happened. What do you think of the negative reviews that it got? Because I remember right before it hit, I read a couple of reviews, and I was very surprised that um, they they almost ripped it apart because I was thinking to myself, what are your expectations of full, Fuller House um, just as what it is because – um, you know, if you think back to what it was in the '90s, like we said earlier, it's just it was like a a cheesy family comedy that had that had some heart and 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 it had emotional depth, and you know that was it. It and, and it were really great characters. Um, what did you think of of? And I don't know if you even read some of the reviews, but um, what did you think of of a lot of the negative comments made towards Four House? You know, I tend not to read a lot of reviews. I'm not a fan of reviews. I think that people write reviews from a very biased standpoint and what one reviewer might not like, I might like. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know that's my industry. I'm a writer. Like I've reviewed things, but like, I don't necessarily like, I don't like asking other people for their opinion so that I don't have to make up my own. Mm -hmm. I would much rather watch something and form my own opinion on it. So I don't know. I'm kind of, you're being being too logical right now. I mean, if I were to be really honest, I don't even really understand the point of reviews. Like, if you want to watch something, watch it. If you don't like it, Mm -hmm. you know, don't like it. I don't think we need other people to tell us what's good or not because good is subjective. But that's like a whole other rant about um, (laughs) about the purpose of reviews. But I did see, you know, you can't miss headlines on social media. Mm -hmm. And there were, I did see some headlines about like Fuller House flopping or being, I mean, I don't really know what adjectives reviewers were using, but it didn't seem like it was that positive. And then one of the trailers came out, I watched it and they just kind of pulled out like, like uh, John Stamos's line about like, damn, we look good. And my first thought was like, Oh my God, this could be terrible, which I hadn't thought of that until I started seeing those reviews. And you know, I think reviews, they really like, they really kind of like discolor people's opinions of a show. And I think it's, I think it's wrong. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the right thing to do, but (coughs) you know, I was able to watch it without having to worry about that. And I was delightfully surprised at how good it was and like how much I was crying and laughing and feeling nostalgic. So if anybody didn't like the show, I would really like to ask them like, where is your heart? (laughs) Because like this show is delightful. And like, if anyone was expecting it to be some like interesting, like dark, satirical comedy on like middle white America. Like that's not what full house is. <laughs> so I don't really know why anybody wouldn't like it except for the fact that maybe that's not their type of humor. Mm-hmm. And like, if that's the case, then they should just go watch something else because yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, you know, cause you know, I read a couple of, of, of reviews. I think they kind of, struck my interest because of you know obviously a headline some usually grabs you um but i was just really surprised at how much people were tearing down some of the stuff that they did on full house because it seemed like everything they were making fun of uh 
were things that worked on the 90s show. Uh, there was one review I, le- I read where they they got mad at the girls for going out or something or, or Stephanie's rebelliousness. And I was like, well, do you not remember how un- how rebellious Uncle Jesse was back in the 90s show? Like when he was first in the first couple of seasons? Um, these characters grow and it's it's gonna be the same thing for this show and you know it's like you like i would ask you i would ask the people who didn't like it you know where do you have a heart uh you know what were you expecting from this show you know i would if anything i would tell them you know what go watch the 90s show and then go watch this because they're the same thing they're just updated more you know it's it's obviously for more you know our time now this generation um but i just i i loved every bit of this show i thought it was really funny um, and I am I'm very excited to see season two and, and I hope we don't have to wait super long. I hope Full House is the one show that that we don't have to wait for like a whole year for. Uh, and, and it's and it is more than 13 episodes. So <laughs> any any final thoughts on uh, Full House, Lauren? Yeah, I was just I was delightfully surprised at how great it was. It reminded me that comedy can be very pure and very lighthearted and not have to be too adult to be funny. And I think that's kind of the appeal of, of Fuller House in general is that this is something that you can actually watch with your kids and you don't ever have to worry about like closing their eyes or telling them mm-hmm. to plug their ears or saying like, Oh, that's like a mommy and daddy joke that like I'll explain to you when you're older. <laughs> like You don't have to have those moments. It's like worry-free television. Mm-hmm. I think Fuller House is a really good example of, you know, I know that the Disney channel has shows like that that are specifically geared towards kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is something that like adults and kids can watch together. And I don't have kids, but if I did, I would totally watch the show with them. And I think somebody did say that on Twitter, like, like our experience was first full house. Mm-hmm. And then we have nostalgia from watching fuller, but for them, their first experience will be fuller house. And then they can go back and watch full house. I mean, it's kind of like the star Wars prequel effect that mm-hmm. like for us, our first experience with star Wars was probably four five and six, mm-hmm. but there's some kids like my cousin, he was only, how old was he? He was really young when episode one came out and he really identified with Anakin because he was the same age as him. Mm-hmm. And so for him, the prequels were his first introduction to the, like to the star, like, the star Wars universe. And then he can go back and watch the other films and kind of feel like, Oh, I like, I get this reference now. And then there are kids whose first star Wars film was going to be the force awakens. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go back and like have nostalgia <laughs> for like kind of like pressing the rewind button. So I think it's a really cool way to enjoy a show. I think it's really family friendly. It's great to see three women lead a show where they're not competing with each other. Like, like a lot of female shows, even like adult shows like, like sex in the city or gossip girl, or Mm -hmm. even like country Hill, like the girls are always competing with each other over Mm -hmm. the guys on the show. But this is totally different because Kimmy is, married and even though she and fernando were kind of working out their details like there's like they're the only people in their lives and then dj she has steve and matt but like stephanie doesn't like either of them so (laughs) it's refreshing that like they can be friends and sisters and family first and that like boyfriends and jobs and all of that kind of come secondary i still think it's one of the best shows that i've seen this year and like I remember tweet like the second I was done watching it, I just kept tweeting like, Oh my god, please, <laughs> please give us a season two. Please don't let this just be like like a little mini revival that will never happen again because uh-huh. I think it did really work as a series that could be on for a long time. And then what was it? Like two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Netflix announced, like, good news, the the cast of Fuller House will be back for a second season. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um there's just so much, so much I'm I'm happy with about the show and and uh, you know I I think I don't know what my expectations going into the show were but it was certainly just excited the fact that we were gonna get these characters um, all over again um, and just more updated and just everything they've done with it they did with it has worked really well and and like you said you know season two can't wait for it it's gonna be a lot of fun um, just to see where they go from here. Uh, and and the new storylines we're gonna get to watch all these uh, how what storylines we're gonna get to watch play out so it should be a lot of fun um, 
Well, Lauren, thank you for joining me uh, on this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. I was really excited that, you know, because I'm on a lot of like genre podcasts like The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. And <laughs> like, it's great just to be able to talk about a comedy and something that's family friendly. So thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, most def. Um, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, hey, maybe we'll do it for season two when it comes back. Um, that would be even more fun. Um, well, you know, you mentioned the Flash podcast and you mentioned uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Why don't you let everyone else know where uh, they can find you at? Yeah, so if uh, you know, this is the first time you guys have heard me on Scene and Nerd, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Lauren Galloway. I'm also on Periscope and Snapchat under that same handle. And then I have the express privilege of co hosting some really cool podcasts. We just wrapped up season two of the Peggy Carter podcast. So if you guys like Agent Carter and you want to kind of dive back into that show while it's on hiatus, you can find the Peggy Carter podcast under Assembly of Geeks on iTunes. I also co-host the flash podcast which is on social media and itunes and stitcher just at the flash podcast and then i also co-host the legends of tomorrow podcast which is under legends underscore podcast on twitter and all those shows are really great we get to break down every episode which has been really good and then you know amy's not on the show with me but she and i co-host a lot and she actually started a 100 podcast called the delinquents podcast with some of her friends and so i just i think I wanted to plug that for her because I know that's a really new project that she's really excited about. Yeah, uh, that is very cool that she's doing that. And, you know, I was going to say, you know, we call Amy Miss Multiverse with the whole Flash thing. Should we call you Miss Podcast? Just straight <laughs> Miss Podcast because I, I don't, you know, you list so many. I was like, wow, I, didn't, I you know, I know, I know you did a lot, but I was like, man, I mean, she is like Miss Podcast here. I think some people like to call Amy Miss Multiverse and me like Lauren Galaxy because I like to talk about time travel and sci-fi. Oh, that is so perfect for you guys. We also, Amy and I, because we, we co-host so much together, we did start a Twitter handle, which is HipGal, H-Y-P-G-A-L. And so, you know, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you guys can do that too. For sure. Follow these ladies, people. You will not be disappointed. That's for sure. Um, you can find me at Pacing Pete on Twitter. Uh, same handle for Instagram, Snapchat, um, Periscope. We are on Scene and Nerd. Uh, you can check out our Twitter, our Twitter, our Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Uh, find all our other content, articles, podcasts at thegww.com in the entertainment section. You'll find it all there. Well, that's gonna do it for the show. Uh, again, Lauren, thank you for coming on and uh, doing the podcast with me. Thanks. Uh, Till next time, uh, you have a DVR, use it. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at the GWW.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!